listening to Real Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Muna. And I'm your host, Clifford. Let's get into it. Hey, Muna, how is it going? I'm doing very well today. It's, it's been a good day so far. How about you, Clifford? How's it going? Yeah, so far, so good. We've had some good news this week. We've had some bad news this week, but I think we're ready to unpack and discuss it all. We're on F8 Season 2. It's gone so quick, right? So, 420. Yeah, 420. Did you, did you go? Did you attend? Did you have a little... I did not, sadly. This year, I don't know what it was. There was no going to Hyde Park, but I think people were celebrating 420 in their own unique ways, and I think, you know, if they could do what they need to do and speak to their dealer in time, I think they would have had a nice 420, a little relaxation after work. I mean, how did you spend your 420? At home, chilling, and not that kind of chilling. (laughs) I don't smoke, so for me, it was just a normal day. But um, I did see, like, it's circulating on socials that... People went to the park and they had like small gatherings, obviously still keeping within, what is it, uh, six. But yeah, there was quite a few people out yesterday. And also I gathered that um, the High Park Festival that usually happens this year didn't go ahead due to COVID. But for the first time, there's been like political noise about uh, the cannabis law reform. So there's been some politicians who's put their kind of voice across about it. So a few of the uh, politicians were Tory MP Crispin Blunt, Labour MP Jeff Smith, Lib Dem London candidate Siobhan Benita, and former Health Minister Sir Norman Lamb. So I was like, oh, okay, what they are they like pro cannabis now? <laughs> what's, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry, there. What do they want to do? Do they want to legalize cannabis? Do they want to tax it? What's the story? Well, at, at the moment, they're, they're com- campaigning in, in regards to the law reform about it. So, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a number of things, isn't it? I don't know whether it's going to be officially to legalise it, but in terms of taxing and so forth. But it will be interesting to kind of see what comes out of it because a lot of politicians have been anti-cannabis. So I'm, I'm actually intrigued to find out what the outcome would be. And if it is legalised, it will just be like a casual thing here. It will be like similar to Amsterdam, right? I guess it already is a thing. So it's just like, it just means that you're going to be able to uh, get it more frequently. I think the quality will probably be better. And then um, it will probably be taxed so that it will contribute to the economy. It's just how do you sort of regulate it and stop it from being a catalyst or involved in sort of crimes where, like, imagine this, like, a bus driver crashed the bus and then they found him to be like in possession. So it's just one of those ones that's like a catch-22. But I guess as it stands, people who get cannabis already get cannabis. So I don't know what the uptake is in terms of percentage or percentile in terms of new cannabis smokers. But I guess if it's available on a shelf, like like if you go into a store and you want to try a new drink or something, like imagine how kids were guzzling sunny delight. Imagine that with cannabis. <laughs> do you know what they need to do? They yeah, they right. basically need to see how Amsterdam have been doing, like how they've kind of performed it in their system because it's been going well because it's legalised there. The only dif- do you know what I mean? That's the only difference because it's not legal here. Mm. You get arrested, whereas in Amsterdam it's like, it's just a casual thing, but not a lot of like native people do it anyway. It's a lot of, it's, it's, it's the tourism. It's a mad thing. Like uh, Most people I've spoken to in Amsterdam or know from Amsterdam don't actually smoke. I know, it's mad. And then it's like, if you do look at their culture, if you look at the systems in terms of cycling around Amsterdam, their city infrastructure is dope. No pun intended. You can get Ubers with bike racks on the back and everything's orderly and nothing's really going wrong. Like, so maybe we could take a leaf out of Amsterdam's book. Yeah, I mean, that's the government are going to go that way. But I think that's going to be like a, a long 
a long discussion, a long wait, because at the moment, nothing's been decided. It's just when I read it online, there were just a few politicians that were on this law reform. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I look forward to that day, but could you imagine if like, people are going out for cigarette breaks at work? And it's like I'm going for a cannabis break. Yeah, like I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna go and take a you know a, a quick blunt. Some people can't even stand like <laughs> so this is gonna be a different kind of thing. And then like what happens like because even if you smoke regularly, like I feel like everyone's sort of overconscious in a workplace. If you do have a cigarette, you're gonna like make it like you haven't had a cigarette, or you're you're feeling kind of like anxious because it's just like I don't want to smell like cigarette. And that's another thing as well. Like it has a lingering like smell behind it. That would be quite interesting in regards to like work. If they did legalize it, that's here, like that's hypothetically, if that did happen. I'm not encouraging those to smoke weed whilst they're working. Do not do that. <laughs> you don't want to lose your job. Depends what sort of you're in. You might feel your creativity, you know, but again, I don't. All right, just... it depends on the field. I'm just saying, if you're working for like TFL. But I just say, as a responsible adult, do what you need to do and um, do not get arrested and end up in prison because we don't have bail money for you here. Yeah, for real. Don't come to us. (laughs) On the subject of weed, I think it moves us nicely onto our next topic, which is food and branches. So, like, you probably would smoke and then you probably want to have something to eat afterwards. So it's like, where are the best places in London where you've been out to eat? Because, again, it's like April 12th has come. Like, most places have got beer gardens open. And, you know, we discussed it on the previous episode of the Real Talk podcast that they had this insurge of people coming into London mm. on the Monday to generate a hundred million pounds. And that was just in the West End across um, pubs, yeah. retail and bars and um, restaurants. So what are your sort of go-to restaurants with outdoor terraces? They could be black owned, just depending on like what kind of food you like to eat. Where have you been that's really like memorable? I'll say the most memorable restaurant that I've been to, and it was one which I invited you to and a few of our mutual friends. It's a boutique hotel in South Kensington called Blake's. The interior, exterior, it's just immaculate. From outside, it's just all black. So it's just got that elegant kind of feel. You go in, you're greeted immediately, you're seated where they place you. It just had nice vibe, music, the food. Let me get to the food in a bit, but the music, the atmosphere, it's like they had built that ambiance and it was just, I felt it was a nice environment. It was quite intimate as well. I think because it's a boutique hotel, I liked the fact that it was an intimate setting. The food was just mad. It was amazing. Like, I think I had the, what is it, the crab linguine. Mm. <laughs> I swear, I was. Sh- I'm thinking I might need to get another one just to just to take it home. But I was like, no, I can't. I can't do that. That's a bit embarrassing. But the starters as well. It was got a selection of calamari, chicken wings, like you name it. And like they had various different cocktails, dessert. I enjoyed it, and I thought it was really nice to kind of have that setting with you and a few others. Because it was only was it four of us. In total? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it was uh, it was one of their birthdays as well. And that was a pleasant surprise. So we kind of surprised them with his little birthday cake, didn't we? Well, they, they brought out a little birthday dish. That was a couple of years ago. And I think, yeah, if I if I have to if I had to pick, it would be that purely on the base of how it made me feel, I guess, and the company I had with me. So yeah. What was yours? I got too many to name. Um, sushi Samba, come on. 
that one. Oh, snapped. snap. Was I with you on that one? Bangs. I don't even... I don't hey, remember. did we not go to the Ned? Yo. Hey, yeah. stop it. <laughs> okay, one. let me let me scrap Blake's Ned. <laughs> <laughs> the Ned. What did we even have at the Ned? Which restaurant did we go up to, into? The Thai. There were so many different... I think we just picked from... From everything, oh. do you remember? No, I swear, that was on your birthday, Clifford. Wow, that was amazing. That was on my birthday. I'm trying yeah, to we stepped up, man. We were like, yeah, we're the shit. <laughs> Have you been since, since your birthday? Like, I know that was a few years ago, but I thought that was, that was such a great kind of place for you to pick as your second destination. And I know it's a members kind of setting as well. So you had to be a member. I was like, wow, Clifford, is that you? Putting that call to be like, yo, can we get that table? Shout out to Olivia for securing that table, boy. And they had a live band at the back. Yeah, I remember that. It was massive. Yeah, that was a decent place. Very nice. We should definitely do a brunch there. I'm trying to think of just other things. Gaucho is always nice. Mm. Burger and lobster. The one in Soho or the one in... um, The one in Soho is nice. Yeah. Selfridges is nice. All of them are nice. They're like it's like a chain sushi sample, a duck and waffle, another. Hey, yeah, and we went for. You know what I've noticed? We keep going to these places for your birthday, my friend. <laughs> now I was just saying, listen, I think we need to hit one of these restaurants. So we should do like um, I don't know if we can plan this all in one day, but you can do like a little nice brunch and then maybe dessert somewhere else, kind of thing. But I'm happy to go to Ned. Like it's been a while since I've been there, especially duck and waffle as well. We just need to find a really cool like dessert place, like Snowflake. But, but you know what? Yeah, sometimes you wanna just. Find Find a spot that can is that too it. commercial <laughs> it's like that is just like a for me that's like a, a path through yogurt shop that's like going ben and jerry's no it's not that's like an elegant like dessert place man it's a place where you eat ice cream that's the yeah. how dope is that do you know what we need to do we we need to become members of these like elite member club right because it's getting ridiculous now I remember going to Soho Club and I was like, Which one? I had a plug there, the one on the one on Soho, the one on Dean Street. Oh, Soho House, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I must have went with a friend and I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, uh, welcome. Do you come in? Go up, you know, you can go upstairs. You could. They have so many hidden spots within within Soho House. Like, there's so many different rooms, and then they have a rooftop as well, so you can go. Listen, I I was like, yeah. I think I'm going to have to be a member. The Ned has got a rooftop as well. And so does um, Shoreditch. Everywhere in London has got a rooftop. I think that's become the theme now, isn't it? But this is why people want to live up in London, man. You need views. There's not enough gardens for everybody. So you need something elegant. You need views. Definitely. Since we're, in the, um, since we're in the theme of food, I came across this uh, Insta page called Black Eats London. And they've got like black-owned halal places, which is great for me because I'm always on the lookout for different halal like restaurants or like places to go to and also pro their black owned businesses so i was like yeah let me give to the black community so they've got like a variation of like so many different types of restaurants in north east south and west so just to name a few i've not been to these i definitely want to go to them so in north london they've got um jerk munchies you've got sweet hands Ghanaian restaurant yum yum caribbean cuisine i'm like yo all right Definitely need to hit that. In Northwest, you've got uh, Mama Jack's, 
Uh, you have Smash Burger, Fish Cafe, East London, you've got Brisket Bar, Hot and Juicy Shrimp London. That mm. sounds nice. Rhythm you know, Kitchen. That's the one that made um, seafood boil like. Uh, that was the whole of like. What the bags? 20, yeah, 2020 was their year. London put that on the map for London. They were doing that. They have so many like black owned businesses. This is amazing. You've got the Treats Club, you've got What's on the Menu ish, Rudy's Jerk Shack. Like these all sound pretty decent. In Southeast, you've got After Hours, you've got Eat of Eden, JRK Bros. And let's see what they have in West. Oh, uh, well. They had Southwest, which I which I mentioned. It doesn't say specifically West West, but hey, you know what? They have they've got so many uh, a whole list on their site as well, which you can access on their Instagram. But I'm definitely going to check these out. I think these these are the kind of restaurants or like just little like quirky places that I want to check out. And yeah, why not venture out of it? Yeah, out and about and just taste it. Like I want to say, I know there's um, one stop in Halston, that's Blackburn and then it bang, bangs. Yeah, I've heard of that place. Food banks, so shout out to them. And then there's another Caribbean restaurant called the Dutchie and that's down in Croydon. And that slaps too, their wings platter. So those are two that you need to try if you ain't tried any other ones on those lists. And you want to get to different parts of London. You've got Croydon down there and then you've got Halston up here that's closer to Wembley. So definitely, personally recommend the, the food slap. Defo, how great is that? Just get a bite and just sightsee if you want to sightsee or just indulge in more food. I mean, it's a win-win situation. What's our next subject? Well, it was the uh, latest news that hit the internet. Like Everyone's kind of been retweeting, reposting about the George Floyd court case. So they've announced that Derek uh, Chavanov has been found guilty of all the murder charges. It was second-degree murder, third-degree murder. It's crazy because obviously the police officers say they can't just be convicted of murder. It's always going to have first or second degree. But I think the way the facts were produced and presented in the court case meant that there was no other way for this trial to end but with a guilty verdict. And that's justice served. Yeah, so I got more information because I went on online just to just to kind of hear what the verdict would be. So this is uh, on CBSN. So they've said uh, a Minnesota jury found Derek Chauvin guilty on all three charges of second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter in the May killing 2020 of George Floyd. Jurors announced their final verdict after approximately 10 hours of deliberation. Sentences will take place in eight weeks time and Jerome will be held without bail until that time. Yeah, it's just, um, it's good news for the family to know that justice has been served, but it's sad because, you know, George, rest in peace, he's gone because of the actions that this this guy did. The fact that it was last year, May, like, year, yeah. it's crazy and- how a year's gone, like, and I'm just happy that, you know, he's... He's been, and I hope he gets the maximum sentencing. The initial uh, emergency call or police alert call was for a fake $20 note. Is this what we're killing people? Crazy, crazy, crazy. I was just on Twitter, like, earlier on in the day, and there's just been a lot of, like, shout-outs and really lovely messages to George's family, just to let, let them know, you know, that they're there to support them. And it was just so sweet because there were so, so many, like, overpowering messages and like positive messages you know and everyone was just so pleased also I went on Clubhouse and there were rooms open about the verdict they were doing like a live recording of the verdict so people can hear the the uh, sentencing or the announcement so yeah this was definitely like high news any other stories that caught your eye just 
this week or today even. I wonder what's going to happen with, I mean, since we're in a similar talk, um, in regards to Dante Wright, you know how we spoke about it on our previous episode? Because nothing's been announced yet. I mean, all we know is that, you know, she's been, she's an ex-officer now, but I, I want to know what her sentencing will be. It will come in due course. Can you imagine if it's happened or taken over a year for George Floyd? Probably going to be something cyclical. I can't see it taking a swift amount of time, but I don't know. We'll just have to stay tuned in and eye on the case. Definitely, definitely. And we'll uh, we'll definitely let you guys know once uh, the verdict has been reached uh, that case, uh, just to let you lot know as well, because I know everyone has just been tweeting. It's mad how the, the internet just goes crazy. Do you know what I mean? Everyone tweets, retweets, reposts, and like, it just, it's crazy. Anything else on your end? Yeah, just to switch the pace a bit and probably touch on something happier, but still controversial. H&M are now offering a 24-hour suit hire to help out people with job interviews. Their new venture, One Second Suit, to make job seekers feel confident. After 24 hours, suits must be returned to the store, but they risk the fine of £50. They say a suit isn't an outfit, it's confident, a signal to the world, and a reminder of yourself, you've got the right take. So customers can reserve a suit online in a range of sizes at H&M, and H&M will deliver it to your door. Now, newsflash, they had my children wearing t-shirts saying I'm a monkey and shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, they did. They had that young black boy. Make it make sense. I'm, I'm thinking H&M's still cancelled. But it's still a great incentive that they've introduced. I think that's. I think it's a really good concept. I mean, because buying a suit is expensive, you know. So the fact that you can kind of rent it for 24 hours for free to look good and, like you said, feel confident in the interviews, I think that's a plus. Like, and yeah, it it may be a way, like you know, H&M just saying, oh, we're sorry about that last campaign that we did here. We're going to try, we're going to try and do something good here. What do you think of our new incentive, you know? It's a no from me. But shout out to the Shade Bar for breaking that story because that's where I saw it. And the comments took me out. So you wouldn't, um, so it's a no for you then. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, would you use their service, but let's say hypothetically you were in a situation where you needed a suit. Okay, so let me go into the comments because they took me out. Decent incentive, but we ain't forgot your track record, lad. Another user said, we won't forget H&M monkey top that they made. Another comment said... When was that campaign? That, that monkey... Was that like two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that was bad. That was really bad. Someone else said the club's going to be full of businessmen on the 21st. That's when this initiative launches. Yeah. Damn, can't we boycott nothing? Wasn't they cancelled? Someone said, or maybe let's get rid of suits and let people wear what they want to the interview. And that's another turning point as well. Since we're coming out of the pandemic, everyone's been wearing athleisure and just wearing house clothes to work. So I think that might have a knock-on effect in terms of people's perceptions of what a suit encompasses. But if you're in a traditional business kind of role, you might still need to dress up once in a while. But I think this pandemic goes to show the world that you do have the skills to carry out your work effectively, no matter what you wear. So I think there's going to be a more relaxed dress code across the board dress down Friday every day because it's just like no matter what like I'm sure people have been on Zoom calls wearing do-rags and like they still get in the what job meeting have you been in where someone's worn a do-rag I'm just saying hypothetically speaking like, <laughs> in terms of getting the job done like it's not about the clothing it's about the work you do especially if you're not really customer facing and you're having an internal team meeting. I'm not saying go and meet clients just as casual as you want to be. I'm saying internally with your tight-knit groups in terms of the office and getting stuff done. Everyone's seen you dress up. Everyone's seen you in the office and what you're like. But it's like when you let someone into your home, into your backstage, you should feel empowered to wear what you want. 
you shouldn't have to conform like yeah but it's still that expectation it's, it's, it's still true. that expectation you know you're you're still working a nine to five monday to friday so the okay. same level of expectation that you had and the way you dress when you went into work should still be applied at home you know and especially with interviews first impressions always count so if you're rocking up in a, a top and pair of jeans like yeah your cv might be great but the fact that appearance is key like they may not you know some people feel the type of way they they want to see a person in a suit they want to see someone dressed up like really looking the part well read the room and know your audience because some interviews don't really want you to wear a full suit i mean i remember i went into a, a space where i had an interview and i wore a full suit and it was it went down well but i mean like on the first day in terms of starting a role i didn't have to wear a suit because of the nature but did you feel confident in that suit so when you when you went in that suit and you presented yourself in that look were you like yeah i'm i'm the shit man yeah but it was a little naive because when i actually started the role and i wore a suit on that day everyone was dressed out so no <laughs> no no well okay i guess it's it, it is the dependent but on but the you know company. what you do again if you do have an interview if it's um, just speak to, there's two things that you could usually do. You can go down and survey the place of work that you're heading Ooh, to. Oh, clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that building, like the day before. Or alternatively, if you're going for a recruiter, you can just ask them what the dress code is. Because they'll know, because they've been to the premises time and time again. And they actually know what the employer wants. So those are the two things that you can do. And then you can do some background research, bring your friendship network, see if you know anyone who's worked at these places before. If you have any common links from uni or college, within LinkedIn, you can ask how the job role is. Or you can look on Glassdoor and do some prerequisite background checks and see what people really think of the company culture and working at the business and if they've got any decent benefits or not i agree i i definitely feel like you you do need to do some form of research because it is it is different in in any company so it's like it's like going to work for like vice like they're very laid back and chilled you you don't see people in a suit but if you go to work in a city it's expected that everyone wears a suit so it's like you said you need to know your surroundings so yeah Mm -hmm. but i think h&m are doing a good thing with this like i'm i'm with it i think it's a really good incentive it's a great concept you know it allows people to actually look the part feel confident you know and just wear a suit and yeah I'm 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 with it. I, I think it's their way of trying to slowly attract people, get that traction needed, and see if it see if this campaign will work for them. But I can see with your face that disappointed look. You're like, no, they're still cancelled. <laughs> I don't even shop at H and M, so I don't I don't get my <laughs> from H and M. All right, let me let me spin it in another way. If it was Zara that did this, or like a another Oof. brand, like me and Zara, but we've got a love affair going on. Like, when it comes to Christmas party or whatever, like, you can pick up a few pieces from Zara and you can go from zero to ten, really. It's really, like... Really quickly, right? <laughs> the shout-out yeah. to Zara, yeah. They do, they do their thing. I can't lie, I've got a few items from Zara. And you never know as well, like, H&M may have started this new trend where other you know, fashion companies or or other fashion brands may think, you know what, I want to jump on this wagon as well. But then the uh, return fee may be slightly higher. So for Zara, it may be, if you don't return it within 24 hours, it's a hundred pound fee. You might as well buy the suit. I've heard suit shops and stuff that do hire for like whichever events and that are slightly more expensive. But like, again, it's like, it's not groundbreaking. I guess the price point is, but like... Yeah, I I think there's more fact on the price, the fact that it is 
free for 24 hours. And if you do miss the cutoff, then it's only a £50 fine. Do you think it's going to be available on Kalana? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Why not? What, to, like, pay that £50 in three months instalment? Yeah, five months, £10 a month. If you want to hear what I've got to say, then you have to come to our clubhouse room, 7pm on Saturday, the Real Talk podcast after show party, and it will be kicking off uh, this Saturday at 7pm. Um, you can ask myself or Muna for invitations to clubhouse if you don't already have an invitation to be a member of Clubhouse. And um, you can also send us DMs on Twitter. And you can also contact us on Instagram. Uh, so our social handles is for Instagram, it's at realtalkpodcast underscore three times. That's at realtalkpodcast underscore three times. And for Twitter, it's at realtalkpodcast with the number zero instead of the letter O, the number zero instead of the letter O. And as Clifford said, if you want to find out what he wanted to say, come to Clubhouse at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Invites are available for iPhone users, so hit us up. So, guys, that's the end of the episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I've been Muna. I've been Clifford. And you've been listening to... Real Talk Podcast. Come on. Share, like, and tell a friend. And then tell a friend to tell a friend.